Hey there, I am so glad you're here with me on the How to Market Your Horse Business podcast. In case we are new friends, my name is Denise Alvarez, and through my business, Storm Lily Marketing, I help horse business owners just like you create and implement an effective website marketing strategy. My goal is truly to help you build a sustainable horse business so you can be out in the barn doing more of what you love to do. And I know that not everyone loves or gets excited about marketing. You might even be listening to this podcast a little bit begrudgingly, thinking you're not really sure of it yourself. But that's why I'm here, because you're going to learn a mix of step-by-step strategies and basic how-tos that will help you not only see what's possible for your horse business, but I'm also going to help guide you through that process to help you make it happen. So today we are talking with one of your fellow equine business owners all about her recent open house. I know that with the current pandemic, the realities of open houses might look a little bit different depending on where you're living right now. However, don't let that stop you from thinking about what the next year could look like and what is possible, or from looking at some ideas on how you can be creative with what you can do with what you have available to you now. Before we get into that, though, I want you to know about a special discount that's available to you just in the month of December. Recently on a Facebook Live marketing tip on my Storm Lily marketing page that I do every Monday, so join me if you haven't yet, I shared some ideas for hosting sales in the month of December. And so I thought I needed to be sure and practice what I'm preaching when I'm telling you all to be sure you're offering specials in the month of December. So throughout this month, you can save 20% off of any of my one-page website packages. Now, a one-page website is exactly what it sounds like. Rather than having a website with multiple pages, your one-page website is a really great step or toe into the water, and a well-designed one-page website is going to let your visitors move around and have the most important elements that any other great website would have. It'll have an easy navigation. It'll have powerful content, a method to help you collect email addresses, also known as leads, that you'll be able to follow up with, and an easy way for visitors to get in touch with you. So if you don't yet have a website and you've been waiting for the right time to get your online presence in order, this really might just be what you've been waiting for. So if you'd like to learn a little more and see a sample of a one-page website in action, just visit stormlilymarketing.com slash sale and you'll find all the details there. Now remember, this is only good for December and in case you're listening to this later on, it's December 2020. So don't put it off, stormlilymarketing.com slash sale. Okay, now before we jump into today's podcast episode and the meat of our interview, one other quick note for you. In case you are a note taker, I want you to know I've got you covered. I will summarize what we're going to talk about here and on any other episode and what we call our show notes. And you can find those on my website at any time. For today's episode, it will be stormlilymarketing.com slash nine for episode number nine. Okay, now on to why we're here today. Have you ever considered hosting an open house for your business? There are many reasons that I think you should. From bringing in new potential customers to showcasing what your business can do and shining a light on other businesses in your area, a well-planned open house really does have the potential to be a revenue generator for your business. 
Now this fall, I saw an event on Facebook for a new equine business that was opening up and they were hosting a grand opening and open house complete with clinics on site and even some booths for shopping. So I called up my mom and we decided to have a day there together. Who doesn't like a little mother-daughter time, right? So we had a really good time. They had a couple different clinicians there, which I thought was really smart because not everybody likes the same communication style or teaching style. And the boosts they had there were fun and they even had food on site. And as you'll hear, it's basically an equine spa and retreat center, meaning horses go there to receive rehab services. And they provided a unique opportunity while there for people to learn about their services that they provide to horses, but you could actually um, partake as a human too. And you'll hear more about that later. So it really was a great event. And so I met the owner there. Her name is Jennifer. Her husband is Ron. And I invited Jennifer to be on the podcast and share more about it because I knew that many of you all have open houses or want to have open houses of your own. And it's always good to hear what others are doing and what does and doesn't work well. Now, like I said, I realize that your open house may have to look a little different depending on your location right now and what the um, structure is for events happening in your area because of the current situation that we're in with the pandemic. But I want you to remember a couple of things as you listen to this interview. For one, you can be creative and incorporate some virtual aspects like a Facebook event where maybe you do a live video feed or just a few different live videos at different times throughout the event to make people that can't be there in person feel like they're experiencing it. And then secondly, remember that we will not be in this climate forever. So take note of some of the ideas that Jennifer shares with you here and get inspired to come up with some new ideas for your own open house. That way, when you do get to host it the way that you want to with as many people as you want there, I know for some of you, it sounds like a dream right now, but it will happen. This too shall pass. So I want you to have this idea in your back pocket and be prepared for when you can do that. Okay, so are you ready? You're going to get some great ideas in this interview. This is the owner of JR's Equine Spawn Retreat, Jennifer Hurt, and she is sharing her experience planning and hosting her fall open house, including some of the lessons she learned and what she would do again. So let's get to the interview. Here we go. Okay, Jennifer, so tell me a little bit about JR's Equine Spa and Retreat. Tell me about what you guys offer and the type of horse that you typically serve. So JR's Equine Spa and Retreat, we offer horse boarding, conditioning, wellness, and rehabilitation services for our equine friends uh, with a focus on the show horse because the show horse has a lot that is demanded out of them uh, as far as performance. Um, but we treat all horses of all different kind of disciplines, even trail horses. And we are one of four facilities in the USA that has a salt therapy room, which is also known as halotherapy, which is the inhalation of uh, dry pharmaceutical salt into the air, which helps open up the lungs, breaks up mucus and makes a horse a better performer. I am really excited about that. I actually, you just told me that a little bit ago that you guys were one of four. I didn't realize that. And so when we were here, my mom and I actually sat in there and experienced it. So tell me just a little bit more about that. What's the benefit of it? 
The benefit is it's really going to open up the lungs. You know, respiratory disease in horses is actually way more common than people realize. Even if a horse is not showing any kind of symptoms, they actually could have a respiratory disease. In fact, in uh, 2016, the veterinarian journal actually recognized asthma in horses. So there's now an official disease called equine asthma. Hmm. And the salt room will help treat those kind of conditions. I mean, it will help treat COPD, uh, asthma, allergies, heaves, um, it just really opens that respiratory system, both the upper and the lower, so the horse can breathe and get in more air. When you actually study the horse's anatomy for the lungs and their breathing system and actually understand it, you can really see how hard it is for them to gather air and do these moves that we ask them to do, especially in the performance ring you got to keep them up in top shape. And with conditioning, you condition the muscles, you can condition the heart, but you cannot condition the respiratory system. So a horse, even though they're physically uh, more muscular and, and able to do those moves better than, let's say, a horse that's sitting in the pasture, they cannot breathe better than the horse sitting in the pasture. So to me, I think as owners, and especially as show people, it is our responsibility to help that horse breathe in order to perform what we, we are asking that horse to do uh, and, make, you know, just keep them healthy. That's, that's insightful. So tell me this. Um, that seems to be a big part of what you guys do here. Would that be true? About that is true. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, yes. Um, so would courses come here and actually come on a regular basis? Or, you know, do you have clients that would call you up and say, I'm going to come every quarter? Or what does, that, what does that look like as far as just for JRZ Pine Spa? Sure, sure. And, and we are actually allowing clients to do it any way that's convenient for them. You know, if they've got a big competition, let's say you've got a rainer who is going to the paternity in Tulsa. You know, we are conveniently located on I-44, so they could actually stop in, uh, either get one session and on their way to the show, or they can actually stay for a few days. We have RV hookups. Uh, let the horse stay for a few days. Let them have treatments three days in a row. Really clear up those lungs. We have an indoor arena so they can continue practicing right before their show. And uh, they can either stay or they can just haul in for the day. Or they can even, let's say, months that they're off. You know, people go on vacation. They don't necessarily want their horses to go on vacation. You know, they can bring a horse here. Uh, we do have some... Uh, equipment and items here, you know, to help keep the horse condition, but yet we're giving them their salt treatments. We're giving them their TheraPlate treatments and keeping them in their top condition. Oh, that's right. The TheraPlate. So you guys have that too. Yes. So I know that's another biggie. We actually have several different therapies here. We have the TheraPlate, Solarium, Treadmill, Salt Room, Equisage, and Equitonic 9. We also have Pressurize and we actually have a thermal camera. So let's say you've got a horse that's having a little inflammation, you know, we can keep an eye on that. And, and what we do too, too, is especially for people who are out of town, out of state, 
we monitor and record this stuff so we can send it to their vets. Mm. And so their vets can actually monitor this stuff as well. That's, that's brilliant. I love that. Okay. And I'm so excited about what you guys are doing. And so again, the reason I wanted to have you on here was to talk about that open house. So when I was here at the open house, you were telling me how you all got started here with all of these different therapies and treatments and what got you into that. So share a little bit before we get into the actual open house, share a little about that journey with me. So the inspiration behind our facility actually began with our stallion. He got injured eight years ago just prior to starting his reigning career when he tried to breed a mare through some round pen panels and got his leg caught in the panels. Luckily, he didn't break his leg or really do any damage to the leg at the time of the accident, but did develop full-blown ring bone within two weeks of that accident. We followed the vet's. Uh, recommendations to the T. However, knowing what we know now, I, I don't know if I necessarily would have followed everything to the T because he did end up developing the full-blown ring bone, uh, which ended his reigning career. Um, so we went from the day of the accident, the vet saying, yeah, he'll be able to re- uh, resume his reigning training here in a couple of months to two weeks later, x-raying the foot saying, wow, he's got full-blown ring bone. He'll never be ridden again. He might not even be able to mount a mare. Well, Jennifer does not take no for an answer. So I started looking into different alternative treatments and stuff like that. And I applied these treatments to him and especially different natural supplements. I'm really, really big into that. Um, we actually put them on Equibone. I think that's a great product. And we actually became dealers of that product because we absolutely love that product. So a year later, we had them re-x-rayed by the same vet. And she was amazed. She's like, wow, he might not be able to do raining, but you could actually show him in Western Pleasure. So he still does have some ring bone, even though we were able to manage a lot of it, you know, with the natural supplements, especially that Equibone. And, and some of the vets probably would not agree with what I'm about to say. And I am not a vet, so I probably shouldn't really be making this comment. But it is my opinion that the Equibone actually dissolves some of that ring bone. So he is able to do a lot of these performance moves, you know, that would be required in Western Pleasure. However, he is not able to do certain moves that would be required in raining. Okay. So, wow. First of all, even though, like you said, you're not a vet, sometimes just the personal testimony of somebody to say, this is what worked for me. And this is what happened with my horse can be enough for somebody to just dig a little bit deeper. So tell me uh, how that led to starting this. So what we do here, there's actually facilities like ours throughout the U.S., but there is none in Missouri. And we wanted to make sure that we could offer these therapies to other people going through similar situations that we had gone through. Because if we would have had this equipment back then, I do believe our stallion would have been able to resume reigning training uh, at that time. But JR's Equine Spawn Retreat was not only designed to be a rehabilitation facility, but it was also designed to prevent injuries. So in keeping the horse's health top notch so that you don't have injuries and we can avoid injuries. 
Perfect. That makes perfect sense. So you were inspired by that. You started this business. It was a whole journey to get here. And then you had this open house. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and how other horse business owners can learn from what you did and how you did it so well and be inspired to do it in their own businesses. All right. So how did you come up with the idea to do an open house to let the world know about this new rehab center? Well, I knew I had to get the word out and I wanted the world to right away associate us with having events that they just would not want to miss out on. Okay, perfect. So you wanted something that nobody wanted to miss out on. That's how you wanted to introduce your business to the world. And it seems like it evolved and grew over time because I know when I came, you had vendors, you had a silent auction, you had clinics going on. So tell me a little bit about what you envisioned for this event at first, and then how did it grow from there? Actually, I envisioned this, the open house to be a three-day event. I wanted Friday to be a ribbon cutting, Saturday to be the actual grand opening with a clinician, and then Sunday to be follow-ups with private tours and in some of the salt room sessions and, and different things like that. However, Missouri people love their horses and they love their events. And every weekend during that month, there was a horse activity going on or, or a different event that took away the clientele I was looking for. So we ended up breaking it down. We actually had our ribbon cutting the weekend before and it was smaller. I didn't really focus on that. I wanted to focus more on the, the grand opening open house day. So in focusing on the one day grand opening, I had asked myself, what would make me come to a grand opening to a horse facility that is new? And one thing I do know in today's world, we get bored easy. So I wanted it to be where if a clinician was talking about something that somebody didn't particularly want to learn more about, that they had something else to do. So that's why we decided to have a couple of different clinicians, that way to give them breaks, but also to have the vendors. In Horse Fest, or it's actually called Ozark round spring up something like that here in Springfield got canceled this year you know due to COVID and I could just tell by some of the posts I was seeing on Facebook that people were actually wanting to go to different events like that and you know originally I thought well we could have like a mini tax swap meet people could bring in their tax but I thought no I wanted it to be a little bit something better than that and so I thought let's do vendors that would maybe appear at the Ozark Spring Roundup Festival. And um, so I actually reached out on Facebook and said, hey, we got this grand opening. We're going to have clinicians. Any vendors want to set up, we'll let them set up for free. And and I couldn't believe the vendors that actually reached out to me, I never heard of, but they're practically in my backyard. And they have great items. And so Uh, that worked out really good. My vendors were incredible people with incredible items. Um, Some of them did services that were for horse wellness, which is a lot like what I do. And so we had them set up and just great, fabulous people. And um, one of the vendors actually suggested the silent auction. And uh, so I kind of thought about that and I'm like, yeah, you know, let's do the silent auction, you know, and that way the vendors could donate some items and and get a little bit more interest and stuff like that. And so I think it worked out really well. 
I love that. And it's also just a beautiful way to give back. I mean, the place that you all did the silent auction for is a place that provides therapy here in the area, um, equine therapy. And so I thought that was a really neat way to give back too and bless them. And then, yeah, your vendors were great and it was just really neat. And I loved the idea of having a couple different clinicians because like you said, um, it gives them a break. And then also you don't always identify with the teaching style of one or the other. So to give the people that were here an opportunity to learn from both was really good as well. So, all right. So you had the vision, you got them here. Well, let's back up before we say you got them here. Let's talk about how you got them here. How did you actually get people to your open house? Cause of course, a lot of people listening can be thinking, that's great. I have these great ideas too, but I have no clue how to get the people over to my place. And just so you all know, she's not exactly like right off of the highway. So, I mean, you know, it takes a little bit of effort to get here, which in Missouri is not unheard of. So uh, it's not that big a deal, but I, for some people, they might be in a little bit more urban area or a little bit closer to town, but you actually had to put even more effort, I feel like, to get people to take their time to drive out. So tell us a little bit about that. I was going to say, I know you did it on Facebook because that's how I heard of it um, through, I think, a Facebook event. And it was actually a suggestion from Facebook. So it wasn't even that I was invited. It was just Facebook thought I would like it, which is always a nice thing that works in our favor. So what was your main source of spreading the word? And what else did you do to get people here? So Facebook was my main source of getting the word out. So I did the event and then I shared it to a lot of different horse groups in Missouri. And what I did is being, I did have a couple clinicians and we did have the vendors every week. I would share it again on that Facebook group, but I would change up my flyer. I would focus more on this clinician or the other clinician or the vendors, you know? So I wanted, uh, I didn't want to be repetitive and using the same image, the same flyer, but I wanted it to be something that catches somebody eye, somebody's eye. You know, being uh, Christmas is around the corner. People, when you order tack online, shipping has taken forever long. <clears throat> so I thought, you know, let's focus on the vendors. And at one point, you know, and then people maybe, well, I'll come out for the shopping. But yet I'll also sit and watch the clinicians as well. Plus what I did is in the event section, they have a discussion section of that event. And what I did is every day I would focus on a different vendor or a different clinician. So what I would do is I would share a few of their pictures and then a write up about them. So you kind of knew exactly what you were going to get before coming to the event, what they were going to offer and what they were going to have there. And in that same sense, then the vendors and the clinicians, because they're being focused on, they shared the post. So then their already existing friend list and all that was seeing the event because they were part of the event and being focused on. Yeah, that's a great tip. Having those people that are involved also share that. And I think you did a really good job of keeping that momentum going. So a lot of people might just say, well, I'll create a Facebook event, but then they never actually go back to it. It just kind of hangs out on their page. But a Facebook event is a really good opportunity to build up that momentum and keep people excited. And remember with Facebook events, Facebook is going to remind them that they have this event coming up. And so they're going to oftentimes go back to that event and say, 
oh yeah, what was that? Because people respond interested all the time, you know, like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm interested in that. Oh yeah, I'm interested in that. But when they go back into your event and they see it and they're like, oh wow, look what she's added these things. Oh, I didn't know it was, I didn't realize this. It's a lot more intriguing when you just keep that conversation and momentum going. Certainly. So is there anything that you think didn't maybe work so well or anything that you learned from in the process that next time around you will do differently? No, I don't think that there was, I don't think there was anything that didn't work well. Uh, if I was to do it again, I maybe would do a little bit um different setup. Uh, meaning, you know, we had the FFA out here to handle the food. We originally were going to serve food ourselves. Thank God I reached out to the FFA because not only did they sell out on their food, but I was just way too busy. There's no way I could have done that as well. But I kind of wish that we, you know, and the chairs that we set up for people to watch the clinicians, I wish we would have moved the tables where people were eating out there so they could have it eight while they're watching the clinicians. I think that would have maybe helped out a little bit better, but things we learn along the way, huh? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And so that's what I was going to ask you about next was the, so the day of the event comes mm -hmm. and I'm sure the excitement is just totally built up because again, with Facebook events, you don't know exactly what to expect. It's a beautiful thing that people look on RSVP, but that doesn't mean they're really coming because of course this was a free grand open house. So, or a grand opening event. And so it was free. And so you're just kind of waiting to, to watch the people come. And so the day comes. And like I said, my mom and I came and really, I'm so glad we did. And we just really enjoyed the clinicians and just the environment and getting to walk around and get a feel for it, having one outside. Um, and then honestly, what I loved at the end, um, just a side note, it wasn't even a part of it, but she was helping somebody load a horse in their trailer that was giving them problems. And so we were like, oh, we liked her. Let's go outside and watch that for a while. <laughs> so that was just like a little bonus session there. Uh, so tell me a little bit about the day from your perspective. Now, I guess I didn't give a ton of details. It was pretty much a full day. It was like from mm -hmm. nine to four. Is yes. that right? Yeah. yeah. So tell us a little bit about the day of and how, what you think worked well and if it was a success from your end. I do think it was very successful. You know, when we were uh, advertising for the event, every day I was watching the numbers, people interested in coming, and it was really getting up there. I mean, we had over 190 people interested in coming, and so we thought, well, if even half of those people showed up, this is going to be a very busy day, you know, which is one of the reasons why we reached out to FFA and had them do the food and luckily we had some really great friends that helped us with the signing up people for the salt room and for the theraplate and and uh, raffles and different things like that because I was in the middle of trying to explain the different therapies to a lot of people. A lot of people had a lot of questions and I wanted to hit everybody I could, you know, to to giving them that information. I did not like some people getting by me without being able to introduce myself and, and explain what we got going on here. But there was just so many people here that I wasn't able to catch them all while doing a thorough job talking to everybody. Uh, and of course, my husband was running around uh, taking care of this and that, you know, and in microphones for the clinicians and, and all that kind of stuff. But it, it flowed really good. You know, we had people 
coming in through our rehab area so that way we could right away show them the raffles and uh, have them sign up for the salt rooms. And we tried to make it convenient. So we take people's phone numbers down so we could text them Mm -hmm. five minutes prior to their session Mm -hmm. so that they didn't even have to uh, pay attention to their clock. They could focus on the other stuff going on. I'm going to interrupt you real quick there because we didn't really talk about that part of it for the open house. Mm -hmm. So we talked about the salt room as an equine service yes so but technically people can go in there too so that was something you were doing at the open house was when you say the salt rooms so that people that are listening know that means literally the same place the horses are going in you have people going in there and getting a taste of what it was like to go into one of those salt rooms definitely we open up the salt room not to treat just horses but also people and dogs and so uh we wanted to give a people a lot of the people a taste of that salt room because that is just the highlight of our facility and we are so excited and and it's going to be amazing things coming with that salt room in the future not only at this facility but all over the u.s and so we did many sessions our normal sessions are over 20 minutes but we brought them down to 10 minutes and then had people sign up and we're getting people in and out in and out in and out so people could try it and it worked well, you know, and luckily uh, we even treated some of the clinicians' horses during the day. So trying to juggle getting those horses in there, you know, with the people too, uh, that was uh, a little bit of a challenge, but it worked out really well. But uh, we had people then sign up for that and, and learn a little bit more about the therapies and then they could walk on down and then they had their choice of either going and watching a clinician in the arena or right outside the arena was where the vendors were set up. And so they could right away do their shopping and in looking and talking to people. We also had not only the clinicians uh, doing demonstrations and talking and stuff, but we also had some people uh, selling essential oils and different things like that. They were doing demos at the same time. So we always tried to keep some activity going on at all times so that there was no downtime. There was no uh, where people were bored or anything like that. You know, if, if they wanted to move on, they could stretch, you know, and walk around and see stuff, you know, but there was always something going on to catch their attention. That's great. I, um, that's a good point because when you're thinking about, again, if you all are listening and thinking about how you're going to do your own, uh, that's something to keep in mind, I think, is what what are your people going to experience when they get there? How are you going to lead them through the process? Like you thought about it from the point of entry all the way yeah. through, you know, and that's, that's really good and that's really thorough. So I think it's good for people to think about that experience. Just think about not just wanting what you're wanting to sell, what you're wanting to accomplish through your event, but really what's that experience going to be like for the person that attends Because ultimately, yes, you're going to make new connections and they're going to learn about your facility. And actually, when I got here to record the podcast, somebody that had brought their horse in for service this week to you all was at that open house, right? Yes. So it's a beautiful byproduct of of just the thoroughness of what you did. Yeah. I definitely wanted to make sure when people were here, they felt taking care of you know they felt the personal attention because that's very important to us here that anybody who comes in to use our service whether it's our service our arena uh anything that they have personal attention 
and that it's a relaxing atmosphere. They feel heard and they're feeling taken care of. I think that showed through really, really well. So nice job. Okay. So you talked about, um, I think I saw on Facebook that you did say, yes, it's a success and we're going to do this again. I think you said maybe you wanted it to be an annual event. Is that right? Yeah, actually it was kind of interesting on that. You, you, we were so busy that day that I was talking to so many people. I didn't get to watch the clinicians at all, not even for a couple of minutes. I did not get to shop with our vendors. I felt so bad for that. I wanted to give the vendors and the clinicians personal time and see what they have. I wanted to do more live videos, to be honest with you. Didn't even get to do that because we had so many people coming in that I was talking to about the therapies. So at the end of the event, I was able to go up to Robin, one of the clinicians, and she's like, this is a success. You need to make this an annual event. And I was like, really? And she's like, oh yeah, this is great. This is successful. And I actually had a couple of the vendors say the same thing. Yep, this is, you're now that you're a success. And I think it's because I wasn't actually in the area with the clinicians and the vendors. I wasn't able to see how many people actually showed up. I was just seeing the people coming through and me quickly talking to them and stuff like that. And so the more than people I started to talk to, they enjoyed it. So I started talking to the vendors and I said, you know, people have talked, we should make this an annual event. What do you think? And they were loving the idea and they're like, yes, we're coming back. So we decided to go ahead and make that call and we decided, yes, we'll go ahead and make it an annual event. All right. So it's going to be like a fall open house. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. This time we're going to make sure that other areas know about our event ahead of time. We're going to be on the calendar first. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's my next question. So I'm saying next time, what other ideas or maybe not even just ideas, but things learned from this one that you're like, okay, next time I'm going to do this. Next time we'll do this. What are some of those things that are on your list? You know, I would maybe, we'll probably have the event in September since that's when our grand opening was, but maybe we would go ahead and start touching a little bit more fall stuff, you know, maybe have a pumpkin patch out there as well, or just something like that, you know, maybe draw in a little bit more people. Um, one thing about the horse industry is we really need to be attracting new people into it. You know, a lot of people who will either end up joining FFA or 4-H or anything like that, you know, and so I think if we can have events to show them what the horse world has to offer, especially now, you know, we got this social distancing going on that people are looking to outdoor sports activities. And so I think we should embrace that right now. And I think that's, if we can bring more people into seeing what the horse world offers, I, I think that would be great. That's that's a great idea. I didn't expect you to have that answer. So that's <laughs> <laughs> I actually came up with that just right now. <laughs> no, but that's really brilliant. And I love that you brought FFA in. I mean, mm-hmm. making it more wide open to, to to let people see. One of the things that you did was have um that we, my mom and I really enjoyed was the gypsy banners. So she, I don't remember the lady's name, Leanne. Leanne. Okay. Uh, She just closed off the arena and had them just come in and played some music and just, they're so majestic and beautiful. And so she trains them. So that was a part of her presentation. But first it was just like, look at these beautiful animals and just enjoying them. And for us horse people, I mean, we could sit there and just watch the horses in the pasture all day long, you know? So I I loved that. I thought that was a really neat and unique thing to do. And I would like to do more of that as well. Madison 
State Fair is an event that happens every year in Wisconsin. Of course, this year it got canceled due to COVID. But it's actually, I think it's a three, four, five day event. And they do the same things, kind of like what I was trying to do here. They have the different clinicians. They have the different vendors. But they do a breed liberty class every so often. And so they'll bring in a couple of horses of a certain breed and the owners will get to explain that breed. And I just think that's really cool. And Leanne asked me about that prior. She's like, a lot of people don't know about the gypsies around here. Can I go ahead and do this? And I thought it was a great idea. It really was. And I didn't know that about, so that, that was essentially what it was. It was just like an opportunity to educate about the gypsies. Yes. I just thought, I mean, we did learn about them, um, but just loved watching them too. That's really neat. I love that. And what a great way to educate people on the variety of breeds that are out there and what they're doing. So, okay. Well, we're almost to the end. So here's my last question for you. It's not specific to open houses. It's more specific to horse businesses, though. Yes. So you're still fairly new right here with JRZ Coin Spa. So imagine, though, that you're sitting across the table from someone who has the dream and maybe has the land and maybe not, but is saying, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to have a horse business. What tips or advice would you give them? One of the tips that I was told years ago, and I think it's a great tip that anybody should follow. I am the type of person that I want to do it all. I want to offer this. I want to offer that. I want to offer this. I offer that. And one of the tips was you really should take one thing and really, really focus on it and make it a great uh, service or product or something like that. I do think that's a good tip. Another one is, especially with doing this open house and any of really of the events that we have out here, I carry a little book with me. And if I'm driving or sitting somewhere or something and I have an idea come in my head, I write it down right away because otherwise it'll be gone in a couple of minutes. And that way I can refer back to it later. I think that's a really good tip. Another good tip, and in, in, I can't stress this one enough, is you got to have some good friends or family to help you along the way. You cannot do it alone. That open house, if I did not have my friends that helped me, especially the the my really good friends who helped me with the raffle table and signing up people for the salt room and stuff like that. I could not have pulled this event off without their help. And I think asking questions to people too, you know, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. You know, if you were on the outside coming in, what, what are your thoughts on that? I think that's important too, because sometimes we get it in our head. This is the way I'm going to do it. And this is how it's going to work. And, and it's not always like that. And I'm one of the biggest people that has to follow that advice because, <laughs> you know, I, I see one one lane there, you know, and uh, but I am pretty open, you know, to getting advice and comments from people and stuff and in uh, seeing it through somebody else's eyes. But I definitely think writing things down when you think of it and getting some good friends and kind of focusing on one avenue. That's great. I love that. That's good advice. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being here today. Now tell everybody where they can find you online. So our website is jrzequinespa.com. You can also find us on Facebook. We're actually JRZ Equine Spa and Retreat on Facebook, but we're also Salt Therapy for Horses and Salt Therapy for Dogs. Uh, we're that's our one focus. You know, I really <laughs> wanted to promote the salt room because you guys, you don't know how 
great it is and the great things are going to come from the salt room and i'm just cannot wait to get everybody to know and understand how the benefits of the salt room so we have broken it down to try to make it easier for people to find and get the information directly what they're looking for okay awesome and so we're actually going to close up here and take a little video tour and so we're going to record the salt room so people can see it and i'm going to throw it on facebook so when this podcast does publish we'll make sure and link back to the video on facebook so everybody can actually see exactly what you're talking about excellent okay Sounds perfect thank you thank you Okay, wasn't that so good? Now, after we recorded this episode, Jennifer took me on a tour of their salt therapy room, and I put the video of that on my Storm Lily Marketing Facebook page so that you all can get an inside look. So in case you happen to miss that, I'll be sure and put a link to the video in the Facebook post in the show notes so you can catch that at stormlilymarketing.com slash nine. Now, truly, it was a great event, and I hope that you got some great ideas. So that's what my question for you is now. What are you going to do with what you just heard? Did you find some ideas and inspiration for your own horse business? I sure hope so, and I want to hear about them. If you're not already in my How to Market Your Horse Business Facebook community, it's a free Facebook group where you can connect with fellow horse business owners and ask questions and get answers and share ideas. So jump onto the show notes or just go to Facebook and search How to Market Your Horse Business Facebook community and get into that group. And when you do, let me know what inspired you in this episode to take action in your own horse business. All right, friends, that is all I've got for you today. Remember, you can find a summary of what we talked about today over on the show notes, stormlilymarketing.com slash nine for episode number nine. You'll also find a link to get to the Facebook group there, as well as a link to the 20% off sale that I'm having just this month on my one-page website. Again, that's just available in the month of December, 2020. And as always, if you've got any questions you'd like me to answer here on the podcast, whether it's social media or websites, whatever it might have to do with marketing, let me know. Or if you know someone that you think would be great to interview on the show, I would love to have them. Send that information over to me. And lastly, if you are not subscribed, remember that is the best way to get notified when there's a new episode available. So go to your favorite podcast listening app, wherever you're listening right now, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever it might be, and click subscribe. And of course, if you're on my email list, I'll always send you a quick note every week just to let you know a new episode is up and what we're talking about. So if you're not on that list, go to stormlilymarketing.com. You can sign up for podcast updates on the podcast page. Okay, friends, that really is all I have for you here today. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, and I will catch you in the same place next week. Have a wonderful day. Bye.